Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Today is the 68th day of our practice period. And Dogen says, as I personally saw in great song China, in Zen monasteries in various places, all had meditation halls where five to 600 or even up to 2,000 monks practice zazen day and night. When I asked the abbots of these monasteries, masters who had inherited the seal, the authentic experience of Buddha mind about the essential meaning of Buddha Dharma. I was told that practice and realization are not two things. Therefore, I recommended to students who are already studying with a teacher, as well as all those outstanding people who seek the truth of Buddha Dharma, to practice us and endeavor the way under the guidance of an authentic teacher and investigate the teaching of the Buddha ancestors without distinguishing between beginning and advanced and without being concerned about ordinary or secret. To me, this is such a juicy teaching. Many of us come to this practice because we want something We think it's almost like a, we talked about this, I think last week, but the sense of like a gym membership, like, well, if I log in, you know, a certain amount, then I'll, you know, be fit, I'll be enlightened then, and won't that be great? And again, I appreciate the gym, so it's not dogging gym memberships. It's also like the, a coffee place I like, you know, they get, you know, punch card. And if I get enough of my little punch cards, I get a free coffee, you know. But many of us, you know, use spiritual practice as if it is that. If I log in enough, then I will get something. This transactional mind. And Dogen keeps bringing up this ongoing continuous practice for at least a lifetime. Not like, oh, I'll try it out and see how it goes. And then I'll try something else. Not what he's suggesting. 
that ongoing practice is the thing. If practice and realization are one thing, then ongoing practice is required for ongoing realization. But many of us, I was talking with someone yesterday, like get to an impasse. And then there's, oh, it's hard. That's a really, really popular. It's hard. Or people get scared, get uncomfortable. And we back away. Someone also yesterday was telling me a story about a friend of theirs who got very disappointed with the teacher. And ever since then, they left that community and they've been kind of wandering around for about 20 years. Hmm. Kind of replaying that story again and again. This is also a very popular thing, not just in spiritual circles, but in our life, like, oh, what's happened to us a long time ago and replaying it as if it's still happening. But it's really a way that we, and I've done this too, you know, like solidify our identity as like someone who's been wronged or disappointed. Things don't work out for me, dot, dot, dot. And let me tell you why. We can always find, in my experience, proof for our crazy ideas. At least I have. I love the Dogen nails going around and asking all these people, like, so what's What's the proof in the pudding? I've been around asking all these abbots of temples. What's the essential meaning? What's this all about? And each of them said, practice and realization is one thing, is one life. So he says, therefore, I recommend to students who are already studying with a teacher, as well as those outstanding people who seek the truth of Buddha Dharma, to practice Zazen and endeavor the way under the guidance of an authentic teacher. This is a theme throughout all of them. practice under the guidance of an authentic teacher. You know, for many years, I studied with a teacher and 
but I never like really saw them outside of the context of the Zen note. It was like very mysterious. I remember once I saw them like in civilian clothes and I was like, whoa, what's that about? It was not until I actually, as I often like to share about Shogun, saw this wonderful teacher I studied with just for six weeks, but we lived together for six weeks and we like did everything together. Even pooped in the woods together. <laughs> it's very intimate. And he was like this big deal guy, you know, the abbot of 15 temples. But what I saw is that he was just completely wherever he was. Pooping in the woods, being a Boy Scout leader. He loved that. Tending to villagers. Whatever was needed, he was just like completely that. It was also like the beginning of me understanding what this practice is about. And that it's when I really began to deeply appreciate that the practice for me continues to be about like creating this really strong fulcrum in ourselves so that we can pivot and be completely wherever we are. talking with a student yesterday and they were sharing like wow you know we have so many different kinds of relationships like we have a relationship of in dogasan and other things you know and just to like start to realize like oh you can have a relationship and it looks many ways and for me that's a healthy relationship It doesn't have to look one way all the time. That's a little strange. So like the way that we separate practice from our life. So what good is it to have a Zen teacher? What's it about? To me, it's the opportunity to go very deeply into a life of Dharma practice. And as I was saying, like, it's a way of also like experiencing yourself many different ways with both the teacher and the community. And to me, if the relationship is going well, it can be really thorny, sometimes feel shitty, seemingly paradoxical joyful, wondrous, curious. And the willingness to stay in the mix together, 
So to me, it's also about someone that you also meet with regularly. Recently, someone told me that I haven't seen in a very long time. And they said, I'm not getting a lot out of this relationship. I said, that makes a lot of sense. I haven't seen you in about 15 months. I said, I feel stuck in this relationship. And I said, that makes sense. It's a lot of sense. It's so interesting how we can kind of play these stories about how things are going, but not seeing how we're participating in creating the story. I've done the same in different relationships, like kind of withdrew, but not, and then said like, yeah, but over there, that relationship's not really working. But not seeing how I also participate in that not really working. To me, a wonderful relationship with a teacher, like my teacher, is someone who gives you guidance. And not telling you what to do. To me, if anyone tells me what to do, I'm always like. But someone to share their experience because they've been practicing perhaps longer. To share that. And the other piece is to encourage you. Keep going. Jump. As I often like to say, just get to the end of the hokey pokey. Put your whole self into the situation. I find that very helpful. To noticing, you know, also noticing where we are in that. Some of us are like, putting a toe in, elbow in, a hand in. And it's all part of the path, too. It's not a right way to do it. So that encouraging is really important. And yet for me, what's really important is the willingness to be in that relationship when there's barriers and challenges, when you experience like, and you feel stuck. And just like, keep meeting, keep meeting, keep meeting. Some people here also do counting practice and some people do koan practice, shikantasa, three main practices. And if we're actually in those experiences, we do get stuck. And to me, like that's where it gets interesting. When you're on a koan or you're having difficulty with counting and it's like really into it, even for months and months and months and months. 
to stay in relationship with yourself and the path in that is to me the greatest learning. Because no one, I've yet to meet the person who does well and learns well by, as the Buddha talked about, aversion, just like feeling aversive about it. Like, I don't like that feeling and I'm going to go away. I'd be interested to meet that person who actually grows from just reacting and running away. I don't think so. I do also think, you know, a friend of mine was talking about that, you know, while a teacher's training and who they train with is important, what their lineage is, it's also about like, who are they as people in the world? What are they actually doing? How do you resonate with that or not? Not that you're, to me, also a good teacher is not someone who wants you to do what they're doing. That always feels a little creepy to me. And are they doing their work? Are they really practicing? probably the most important because sometimes like anyone teachers are people and we can feel like get kind of caught in this idea of arriving right now I'm a teacher teachers are people so interesting you know, like there we have all of these kind of thresholds in the practice, you know, sometimes becoming, formalizing a relationship with your teacher through Tangario, and that is the beginning of a relationship where you meet at least once a week, ideally, to meet face-to-face. And then sometimes people later on will receive Jukai, which is this little robe that you sew yourself saying yep this is what we're doing <laughs> this is not just ye oldie timey stopping by the gym situation And then there are other markers, and I, I know for myself that even my ordination that I did 19 years ago felt like a beginning. But I knew part of me when it happened, I was like, oh, I'm arriving into something. Arriving. Becoming a teacher. What? There's some idea of arriving. Ooh, now I'm a teacher. But to me, all of these are just different points of 
arriving into a learning about how to serve in that role. Not like, ooh, aren't I cool now? But how do I, how do I serve as a teacher? I've been asked to do that. So now, how do I do that? What's useful? And it's many, many ways to be useful. And the willingness to be curious about how you serve in different relationships as a teacher or as a student. And to me, that's another way of really thinking about being a student. I often think about that with my teacher, like how can I serve her? What would be helpful to her? How can I make sure that she's feeling supported? Instead of just receiving, it's also giving. I find it much more interesting than just like kind of waiting for the cookie. But to actually be the student teacher relationship to me is very dynamic when it really feels like that there's giving and receiving equally. Like, wow, we're meeting. So much more interesting. And to me, that's a relationship that is dynamic. So when Dogen talks about practice Zazen and endeavor the way under the guidance of authentic teacher, and that's just the beginning, he says, basically. Then investigate the teachings of the Buddha ancestors without distinguishing how oh, this is a beginning practice or this is an advanced practice. Great. Without being concerned about ordinary and sacred. So without comparing. In my experience is just practicing not comparing is a lifelong process. So to me, the intimacy with our teacher and Sangha is the place of practice. And looking at how we separate practice from our life is also a practice. Wow. Just making this like maybe too special, too sacred. And then my life is too secular. How do we make it just one life? And just what what rests in you? How are you developing your fulcrum so that you can pivot and be alive? fresh wherever you are.